0: Welcome, everybody, to Shaggy's House of Horrors, episode 23. I'm your host, Shaggy. We're at Cam Studios today on this lovely Saturday, and my co-host,
1: Nick... Is here. We're here. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's a one-year anniversary, Nick. We made it. Yeah. 365 days, 23 episodes, and today's a great episode, great guest. We have Karis Turk in the studio with us today, Hi. the festival manager of Erie Horror Fest, which will be... October 5th through the 8th at the historic Warner Theatre, which they uh, renovated, which is awesome. They so, did, y- so you got beautiful. to, like, take a tour, I that
2: We did. We got to do... We've gotten to do multiple walkthroughs now, um, and they didn't, like, re... They didn't redo the space per se, they just made everything gorgeous again. So there are a couple spaces that they made look entirely different, but when you walk into the lobby and everything, it's still that big, beautiful, like red and gold, um, gilded everything. Um, But it all looks brand new. Nice. And we also have the rehearsal hall space um, for like the opening night party and things like that. And they completely redid that. It's this big, beautiful art deco hall. Um, which is going to be very cool.
0: That, oh, that sounds awesome. And then Nosferatu is the first night, right? Wednesday night.
2: Yep. Nosferatu is our big event for October 5th. So it's going to be Nosferatu and the kickoff party. And that's going to be the showing with the live Wurlitzer organ being played as well. So, um, and then the kickoff party is also going to be where we're going to give out all of our film submission awards and things like that. It sh- we're trying to make it a big event. It should be something really different for Erie, and we're excited.
0: Nice. That's nice. awesome. So what? So the film submissions, that, that ended July 31st was the deadline for that?
2: Yes. July 31st was the late deadline for film submissions. Um, we ended up getting around 90 submissions, which is this is our first year back accepting submissions. So that was really good. And we've gotten submissions from all over the world. Um, I was really shocked because we've gotten them from spain from italy from mexico we've gotten them from everywhere wow, wow. So
0: that was gonna be my next question to you. Yeah. <laughs> how many you got and we've, what the you know. yeah
2: we've gotten local ones we've also gotten international ones we're now in the process of um kind of paring them down and crafting them into different film blocks to go along with the films that we're already showing um, as far as like children of the corn things like right.
0: that so it's going to be just like Certain genres in the same spots, kind of thing. Usually we try to take
2: like blocks and do like three shorts and one feature. And kind of put some things that are thematically similar or um, you know similar subgenres together. So if there's something somebody's really into, they can pick that block and then go to the vendor room on another block.
0: So how does that how does that work when you're uh, going through these films? Is it whether or not you like it, is whether or not it makes it, or like how so, different it is from what you've seen before, anything um, like that?
2: So basically we actually have a panel of film judges, and it was myself and seven others that went through them initially. So all of us watched all the submissions that we got and rated them on a number of different things, their special effects, their sound quality, acting, directing, writing, so on and so forth. And then the once we rated all of them, they'll go up to our next level of judges, which is you know, John Lyons and our director of operations, David Bostaff, and they then are taking the ones that were talking. Operated by us, and they're re reviewing those to oh, wow. then decide what goes into the festival, what blocks they go into, so on and so forth. So it's been an ongoing process since the film submissions opened because we've been re- reviewing them this whole time up until um, just this past week.
0: Oh, wow. So. That's right. awesome So do the people That create these films Do they get invited Or like Because obviously Somebody from Spain Is probably not going to Fly in the area To watch their film But
2: So generally Yeah if a film Gets put into a block They'll get an invitation um, Often obviously Yeah we don't have People come um, Even from out of state Necessarily Depending on how You know what their capacity is like to make it here but as a rule they all get invitations um everyone that's selected for an award gets an invitation and they can just you know be there to see their film screen and everything else
0: that that is awesome so beyond uh the whole fest itself you have like little things coming up leading to uh the fest and one i i noticed was a uh kind of a movie discussion club?
2: Yeah, um, Erie Horror Fest Presents. It goes on at Room 33. The best way that I can explain it is it is like a book club mixed with pub trivia for horror films. Mm -hmm. So it is $25 for a drop-in or then there's a six-month and a 12-month like subscription style. And um, it's led by Dr. Rhonda Matthews. She is a sociologist that works at Gannon. Oh, wow. That speaks at Gannon and works at Edinburgh. I take that back. (laughs) And um, she commands a room like nobody's business. And she's a massive horror fan. Big nerd. It's very cool. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: each time you do it, you sign up ahead of time. You basically get like a syllabus. Syllabus where you can watch the movies, watch TV shows that she's going to be talking about. And um, just have a discussion in that format with appetizers and drinks and like-minded people and it's a lot of fun
0: that's awesome so like so every month is going to be like a different uh topic so to speak yes um
2: so actually august was scream queens that she discussed the very first one was in july that was zombies and then there's another one coming up um in september that is about religious horror that is still open to be signed up for
0: Religious horror freaks me out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think mean, it's just because religion's freaky. I don't right. know. That's that's the way I feel that about was. that. I don't know. So <laughs> who's your... All right, I'm going to have to ask then, who's your favorite scream queen? I know it's tough. I know. It's got to be tough.
2: Um oh that's really not fair i (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i don't actually enjoy slashers enough to have a favorite scream queen but nev campbell was my first scream queen um because scream were the first slasher movies i saw and so i really kind of glommed on to her
0: well we have we have something in common then because she's mine too yeah i know a lot of people would say jamie lee curtis but for me it was nev and she's iconic i mean she
2: is but nev was my first i
0: just so. i mean that's a weird conversation to have to begin with because i mean any any scream queen that survives a franchise is always like up there you know you're always yeah. rooting <laughs> for you're always rooting for the scream queen so it's what, like the who's, final girl to make it yeah out. the final yeah. girl almost always makes it so who is the best i mean if you make it you are the best so that's the way that goes yeah but, uh, so what else does your job entail besides, uh, do you run the social media too and all that stuff? Um,
2: I do not run the social media. No. We have a different like team of people running our social media. Um, I am a festival manager, so I um, work with the volunteers. I work with the film submissions. Um, I'm also our vendor liaison, so I am the one that's in charge of procuring vendors and um, obviously getting just everybody in place to, you know, be in that vendor room when right. people walk in. So that's actually been my biggest job in the past couple weeks is getting we tried to put a real big emphasis on local vendors that fit the theme um, when we brought vendors back because it's obviously been years since we had vendors. And oh. last year we were at the Playhouse. We didn't have room for vendors. <laughs> so we've spent a couple months sort of just uh, making outreach, going to different local events where there are vendors and scoping out people that have horror themed things that were really excited to be involved in the event. So that's where, um, you know, the bulk of my work has been recently.
1: That's
0: awesome. Yeah, I was just going to say that's probably the job that probably is the hardest to uh, oh, yeah. to navigate and organize.
2: <laughs> it's a lot to do. I to be fair, I we have a really talented leadership team that I couldn't do any of this without them as well because everybody's got a hand in the pot and everybody, you know, I've had other people on the leadership team send me vendors and be like, hey, did you see them? Have you reached out to them? And I've, you know, sent our operations director volunteers and things like that. So they're all really big jobs. And but now that the vendor applications are closed, that's really ramped up.
0: Right. Yeah. And it probably helps that there's no more submissions. so You can just focus, you know, That's uh, exactly, that's, so how many, how many vendors do you have right now if you were going to give a roundabout number?
2: Um, we have about 25 vendors. Um, and we tried to... We've got some vendors that are kind of tangentially horror-related, but they were very excited to be part of the event. And we were like, cool, bring it on, let's do right. this. Um, and then we've got a bunch of vendors for our front lobby area that are very horror-adjacent. Horror um, the only thing that we didn't get was like a movie vendor. And that's something that we will have for sure next year because um, Cinema Wasteland wants to be involved again. They oh, just couldn't do that! This year.
0: Nice. So that yeah. was
2: the that was the one that I didn't get this year. I wish I could have, but they're on board for next year, which I'm excited about. That
0: is awesome. Um, yeah, because we know Ken, and that's the one we've been going to for yep. the last like three or four years. Yeah. So yeah, yeah,
2: and he was he was actually bummed that they couldn't be involved this year um, because their con is the weekend yep. before, yeah, yeah, and um, he's indisposed after, and he was like, "Come on." So he's on the list to be emailed, you know, as no, soon as awesome. next year's dates come out. No, yeah, he out, has right? a, he has
0: a great table and he has a mixture of, of all the, you know, the arrow, the um, the Shout factory, all that stuff. We yeah. do
2: books galore is on board and oh, nice, they have nice. a table and they're bringing a bunch of stuff and um, they were the one that I was really excited to get because obviously. Locally, it's the best place to get all of you know comics and tabletop gaming yeah, and all right. that type
0: that's of stuff. That's where I go. Yeah, he's, comics, a, he's yeah. a
1: comic nerd, so so
2: I was very excited to have them on board. Um, and then yeah, just a lot of local artisans and all different kinds. We have people that make like horror themed stuffies, we have people, you know, we have a couple other local podcasts that have vendor tables as well. Just a really a plethora of different things. So that's gonna be great. W- well, with any luck, there will be something for everyone, right? And, that, and that's what
0: I was just gonna say, that's what's great about it because just because we all watch horror movies doesn't mean somebody doesn't read doesn't mean somebody doesn't like crafty stuff you know what i mean so yeah it definitely helps to uh have a whole rainbow yeah it doesn't mean somebody doesn't
2: have a six-year-old that would snuggle with michael myers
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure there's a few out there for (laughs) sure no doubt well obviously a lot of people too they go to conventions for um the guests let's be honest Um, so if you want to, you can, uh, give us the lineup of who's going to, well, I know it's going to be a few children in the corn people. I know that. Yep. And then, uh, I saw, um, what's his name? Ma- uh, who's the guy from nightmare on Elm Street Two Mark Patton. Mark Patton. Yeah, yeah. I saw he's going to be yep. there.
2: So there's, there's a couple in the works that I can't talk about yet Uh-oh. because nope. I can't say it. Come on, break break uh, the news. Nope, when they come out, you guys will hear about them. Um, But obviously we have the Children of the Corn cast. They're doing the live commentary. That's Friday night's thing. Um, We had the access to them and the opportunity to get them. We really didn't want to do the same thing that had been done with them because people have met them. They've been at other conventions. Um, So we jumped at the chance to have the Q&A, like the Q&A after and the live commentary during the movie. Oh, wow. Um, Because that's not necessarily something that has been done a lot at other conventions and we thought it'd be something different to just kind of put them on stage at the Warner, play the movie, right. and let them talk about their experience making the movie. That's
0: awesome. Because um, uh, I have friends that literally they'll watch a movie, they'll watch a special features, and they'll go back and watch it again with the again commentary, with commentary on. So, it, yeah. and, and it's really cool to get uh, a vibe from the people that were actually there when it was getting yeah. made, and you know, they can remember certain scenes and the way this went and that one. So, that, that's yeah. a great way of doing it,
2: yeah. So, we thought, thought that, of that,
0: you that, <laughs> no, that was, uh, come on, take the credit. <laughs> was, come on,
2: I will absolutely take the credit <laughs> if yeah. I did it. No, that was all John and David. Okay. Um, they, like I said, they had the chance to get them, jumped at the opportunity, and then picked something different to do than just having them at a table to sign autographs and photos. Obviously, they'll be there. Right. But we wanted to really craft like an event around them. So that's why we did that on Friday night.
0: And it's probably or- during the with the whole like convention circuit, it's probably easiest to grab uh certain actors in bulk as far as like reunions go because i feel like they all have the same like and, management same they do. same agents yeah. they all
2: have the same management okay. they all have the same agents and really if you find the right place to get a hold of one of them generally you They'll can get the, get, the right, rest of them right um because a lot of them do the same shows and things like that so their schedules are very similar right um and that's why we were able to get all of them at the same time for the same weekend all that type of thing
0: right Which is awesome. That's so cool. (laughs) Well, that's the thing too. And I've noticed a lot, like we we talked earlier about um, the prices of of autographs going up and, and really like people like to bitch and complain about it, but they don't, underst they don't realize it's like it's not the actor that's like, yeah, I'm gonna charge this. It's their agent being like, it's, yo, you can charge this. Exactly. You know? And then and then it's a snowball effect because they realize like Kane Hodder realizes, oh well I was charging fifty two years ago, but now people yeah. are paying seventy. Well let's go seventy. Like, you know what I mean? Well and, and some of
2: these guys, you know, to some extent these conventions are their livelihood too. Right, like this right. is what they are doing for a living. Right. So for us it's like damn I don't want to pay that much. But for them it's like, but I'm here right. to meet right. you. Right. So right. <laughs>
0: yeah I mean I, I just feel like people don't grasp that like that's that's the way of the world that's the way it goes I think
2: sticker shock is very real when you go to a convention and you see the price for an autograph and generally you know I can't imagine how much I'd be paying for like a Bruce Campbell or for like a I don't know like a
0: Robert England's like Robert, 150 a or something yeah. or <laughs> <Yeah>. like that it's <laughs> insane um,
2: so but, and I don't think that people necessarily think about it until they're standing at a table looking at a price sheet right. what that really is so yeah um, and then, yeah, as far as the guests go, we're going to have Mark Patton. Um, that was, I, I'm a big Nightmare on Elm Street nerd. That was a really big deal for me um, because I... <laughs> Because I think Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is sort of garbage, but one of the funnest nightmares it, I, I can agree. Yeah,
0: I yeah, know it is. It is. Um, it's, it's entertaining because it was such a different take, but that's why Wes Craven smashed it so much because it was yeah. it took him out of the dream world, which I thought was a neat concept, but it's like, it's Freddy. Like, that's where he lives. It wasn't, like, what are you doing? You yeah, know what I mean? It wasn't
2: necessarily executed well, but it was, no. I mean, compared to a lot of the sequels, though, it was something very different. Um, and with the Scream Queen documentary coming out, Um, It was either last year or the year before that was based around Mark Patton and Mm -hmm. the fact that he was basically the first male scream queen. Right. Um, It's a really interesting concept, even if it wasn't intentional. Right. And um, I think that the Q&A with him will be really interesting because of that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, no, it will be fun. And And that's the thing. Like, I was a fan of that movie when I was younger. And now that I watch it when I'm older, you can see the... The subtle reasons the of why is, he was the sc- yeah. first Scream Queen. Because it, it has... The you The know, subtext is there. Yeah, Especially it definitely Especially as you is. get older, you, you realize really it. can start to
2: yeah. see it. Um, and we actually... Mark Patton is going to be there because Carter Smith is going to be here this year. Um, Carter Smith... Most of us know him as the director of The Ruins. It came out in 2015, I yeah. believe. Um, and it was kind of a big budget monster movie almost for people that haven't seen it. And he has a new movie coming out called Swallowed. And so we're going to be screening that. And that has Mark Patton and Jenna Malone in it. Oh, really? And that is part of the reason also that we are crafting the LGBTQIA like, block too, because some of that movie has those themes.
0: Oh, okay. So. Now that's a neat idea too, you know? I mean, the horror community is just we're all so it's different so but the same you know what i mean it's like we're all there for the same mission and, that, and that's nerds. like right <laughs> <Super> <laughs> oh yeah super nerds i mean i'm not the biggest freddy fan but if i had to pick if i had to like delete the ones i didn't like and just go like with my own trilogy i'd probably go one three and new nightmare, new are nightmare probably my favorite one, three, ones yeah yep, every see?
2: time
0: yeah oh um, for sure
2: yeah, if I had to pick, like, I would literally watch one through three just because I like two, right. and then New Nightmare and Freddy vs. Jason because I have yeah. a real soft spot for Come Freddy vs. Jason. On, I do too. Really? It's I love garbage, it. but I love it.
0: Oh, I do too. There's I nothing that makes me happier than I, that trash ass movie. I loved it when I saw it in the movie theater. Granted, I was a lot younger then, and then, I don't know. I tried giving it a chance it's, when I was older. I'm like, it's, it's so just, much
1: fun. I know, it's and, and I get it,
0: but it's like, some of the lines is so beyond cheese and i know and i and i watch cheesy horror all the time but it's just like i can't i think I can't and and we were talking earlier about how and i'm glad we're on the same page with this too is the whole like cgi kills in movies and that was so cgi heavy it
2: was well and you i mean you think about it there was that period especially like 2000 through 2010 ish where we were like oh shit cgi can do everything. We don't have to spend any money on practical (laughs) effects. And, you know, almost every horror movie, especially big budget horror movie coming out during that period, had all those same garbage CGI kills. They
1: were just playing around with it, seeing what they could do. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much.
2: But I mean, as far as Freddy vs. Jason goes, though, there's no bigger sin that a horror movie can commit for me than being boring. It can be bad as long as it's fun. And that's kind of where I land. If you're not boring, I will accept it.
0: Fair. Like street trash. Yeah, street probably one the, is, probably one of the <laughs> worst movies ever, but it's so it's so There's bad it's good. It's one of the or no other uh, movie that you're or you to see
2: Somebody toss a dick around right? but in street trash. Oh, so. I know.
0: Yeah, when the uh team first had me on when I when I started this, they had me as a guest, and they asked me about well, what was the worst movie I've ever seen that was so bad it was good, and I mentioned street, street trash. trash, and that's 100%. literally the first scene I mentioned. I'm Like, oh, you want to you want to watch people play hot potato with a dick for five minutes while it's like eh. going slow motion in the air? Yeah, just watch yeah. Street, street trash. Yeah, um, it's fine. Street but God. also the
2: practical effects in Street Trash are a fucking blast. Right? <laughs> they um, are really because good. the melt effects oh, are just so that, cool. That's
0: the thing though, is I really wish that there were more melt scenes in that movie. There weren't enough for there me. There weren't right? enough like no. That's not at all.
2: fair. Um, rubber is ridiculous. I was like, you mentioned rubber, <laughs> yeah. and I love it. I saw it like back when I was working uh the festival, you know, many <laughs> years ago, and I would recommend it to people if they wanted like a weird horror movie. I'm like, have you seen rubber? It's literally just a telepathic killer tire. Yeah. like excuse me. It's great. It's fantastic. I really, it really is. Movie. and
0: and that was gonna great segue, Nick, that was gonna be my next topic is is foreign horror. And I'm pretty sure rubber was was French, I'm pretty sure and uh and french yeah. horror has become like one of my favorites and i feel like there's not enough french horror out there or i'm just not looking hard enough like high tension's great uh titan or Titan, however you say great raw was yeah. great i mean i love her i love julia i can't julia to see DeTordo. what she does oh yeah, my god the she's best. amazing
2: um i know like french extremity especially like early 2010 through 2020 french extremity movies I feel like really hit the horror scene hard and out of nowhere. Cause nobody was really expecting that level. Cause we had the torture porn that started to come out um, in the 2010s and we had Eli Roth get really big. Right. And I feel like high tension and martyrs and those came on the scene and really slapped people in the face. They really did.
0: High tensions endings. Like what? No way. Yeah. Yeah, um, So good. I love it. I love high tension. I love New French
2: Extremity. Like, there are hardly any, like, inside, if you've seen inside, is. It's stellar. I remember I I remember watching Inside because it's about a pregnant woman getting attacked in her home, but it's also oh, new French new French extremity. So take the level of gore, the level of brutality and violence and put that in like a home invasion flick with a pregnant woman. Oh man. And I remember it because I remember watching it the first time cuz I watched it with my younger brother who's not really into horror movies, but he loves me and he'll watch whatever I put on. <laughs> and he looked at me when we were almost all the way through the movie. And he was like, if the baby dies, I'm never watching anything with you again.
0: Uh (laughs) So
2: to, to, you know, my luck, he has watched movies with me since. So there's that.
0: (laughs) And does the baby live? The baby does live. Okay. All right. Fair enough. That's good though. Spoiler alert. The baby does live. All right. Fine. That's, that's (laughs) fair. I get it. That's fair. Ari Aster has become one of my favorites too.
2: Ari Aster, good. I feel like um, Robert Eggers and Ari Aster really get talked about together. In the we, quote they unquote, do with us all the time. Yeah. I was just like, going to mention
0: Robert Eggers right after
2: because it's all that quote unquote elevated horror. I don't love elevated horror as a term, but I also think that it's a um, present enough that people understand what you mean when you say elevated horror now. Right um of the two Ari Aster is definitely my preference. I think that Hereditary and Midsummer were very strong movies.
1: They were. Yeah. Um,
2: and I think Robert Eggers is, is an amazing director. He just doesn't necessarily hit as hard for me.
0: No, yeah, he, no he doesn't. He's good. The, did you see Northman?
2: I did see Northman. Um and I thought it was technically absolutely amazing. It wasn't necessarily my kind of movie. Um but it was brilliantly made.
0: Yeah, I feel like it was and and I find this with a lot of like modern cinema is that these companies when they do the trailers and stuff like that marketed a certain way and then you go in with that expectation, ends up being something completely being something different. Right. Because Northman was really slow paced, which I don't mind. Nick and I talk about it all the time. We like the slow burns that have great payoffs. Yeah. And I feel like the Northman was, just, and the slow burn didn't bother me, but I guess I was just expecting a little more from the revenge was flick. On a, yeah. And I, like you said, it was beautiful, it beautifully was a, shot, because beautiful. he's always good at that. When
2: though. I think about a revenge movie that I consider horror, though, or even kind of tangentially horror, it's not necessarily a slow paced movie. Right, um, and I think that's where I was expecting the Northmen to be a little different. No doubt, yeah.
0: Probably one of my favorite revenge movies ever is I saw the devil, Mandy, or Mandy. Mandy is
2: good. Mandy. I saw the devil is
0: brutal. It's brilliant. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's like taken on steroids. Like fuck taken. Watch I saw the devil. Like yeah. I oh saw my the gosh. devil is
2: brutal. Um, it is no my favorite I um, really I started watching kind of rape revenge genre films probably when I was too young if I'm being totally honest <laughs> here and I do have a soft spot for the original I spit on your grave um, it, it's it's such an iconic movie and not for everybody no, that's I'm sure like I wouldn't recommend necessarily that anybody watch it Right. but I do think that for its time and the actors and everything it was amazingly made Um, and it had some shit to say
0: yeah so. no, most Definitely that one Yeah for sure oh, Audition's another One of my favorites Not really a horror I mean The last half is But <laughs> Yeah Audition
2: Miike movies Are just so hard To categorize Like Takashi Miike Is such a strange director And I feel like For the most part He falls into horror But he definitely Hits on other Genres Subgenres But
0: well I think That's what makes the ending of that film so shocking is that like it kind of plays out as like this love story drama type of thing but the way he's doing things like it's kind of love story but it's kind of like this dude's fucked up for doing what he's doing but then by the end of the movie you're like holy shit like you don't see any of that coming at all I still need Nick on that he still hasn't seen it it's a sharp left turn Yeah, it it really is yeah you don't you won't want to be in a relationship again after that well, no. I
2: mean, what Mike's was the only uh, Masters of Horror episode too that wasn't allowed to air when Masters of Horror oh, was on. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Um the there's a full version of the episode as well, but it's called Imprint and it was part of the Masters of Horror that Mick Garris did and when they went to release Imprint on air, they weren't having it. It only came out with like the box set on DVD and everything because wow. they decided it was too violent to show.
0: Wow. No, way. what was it? Oh, speaking of like too violent and, and like cutting up and editing and censoring stuff, have you seen Censor? Did yes, you see it? It's amazing. I just watched it the other day and I loved it.
2: I thought that was such a cool take on, well, cause you still hear people even now make that argument that like violent movies and violent video games make people violent, um, right. which I think is a ridiculous argument. And I think that that movie is a really interesting take on that argument
0: it really is it really is yeah the video nasties what was that the 80s yeah <laughs> the 80s. they're just video censoring nasties. everything yeah. yeah oh man and that's a th- that's a weird thing too about like italian horror like especially like fulci and stuff like that like people in italy like hate horror like how how these guys have careers i have no idea because it, I don't well, know even just,
2: when we were talking about French extremity, there's a lot of people like in France that they're like, this is too much. Right. And but of course, it it is super popular overseas, right. so, which thankfully I'm glad they keep making them. <laughs> no
0: doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Oh, and you mentioned Eli Roth, too. I'm partial to him. I don't know. Cabin Fever to me is his favorite, is his Kevin best Fever. movie. And after yeah. that, like Green Inferno, forget it. I couldn't. Green I couldn't.
2: Green Inferno coulda- is terrible. Green Inferno. <laughs> I have no love for that movie. I wanted to like it because I like Cannibal Holocaust. I, I like, like Cannibal that, movies, yeah, yeah, I like that genre of movie. Um that was a dumpster fire yeah. in my opinion, Green Inferno was. It sure was. but I do love me some hostels. yeah, um, hostel's cabin good. fever Fe like his, his best early one. movies I really enjoy
0: Cabin Fever was a blast. I love that one. yeah. It was great. Did you guys hear that Friday Thirteenth? I guess is coming back. Maybe I don't know. I, I don't know how I, I feel did. about it. Well, it well, no, here's the thing. I liked the reboot that they did. I enjoyed it for what it was. But it's like the reboot took like parts one, two, and three, and, and jammed them into one them together, one movie. Yeah. So if you're gonna do it again, like what, what are you gonna do? you gonna reboot it? You're, like you gonna make his mom the killer make again? Make a sequel like, to I,
1: Jason X.
2: I I love, I love J- Jason. X Jason X is my favorite Jason. <laughs> I have no. It's
1: his like, too.
2: I love Jason X. I think yeah, it, it's great. It yeah. falls right in that same Freddy versus Jason yeah, it's like category fun. for me. It's just fun. Yeah. Well,
0: and I love. In horror, I've always... And I don't know if I just don't know enough, but it's like, I've always loved the whole like horror and space aspect and like putting those two things together. Yeah. And I feel like there's not enough of it. Like Aliens, obviously one. Uh, Event Horizon's probably my favorite one ever, but I feel like there's not a lot out there. Event
2: Horizon is probably my favorite of that genre. I also, I feel like there's a lot more space horror than people realize, but you have to go digging for it because after... After Alien came out, and it was so big, you had that run of copycats, basically. And within that run of copycats, there are some really fun movies. Um, But they're also not on streaming. They're not on, you know, you have to hunt down these discs. and That can be really hard to do. Right. Um, But I think, I mean, truly, I think that the only iconic ones we have are the Alien franchise and Event Horizon. And, you know, and of course, I'm blanking right now. Me
0: too. Those are the only ones that ever come to my mind. I don't know why maybe i'm just not really yeah i
1: can't really think i don't know and i know i I just i love that that whole take (laughs) i mean you got like leprechaun
2: in space it's like part six or whatever yeah
1: (laughs) that's another uh whole chunk that's like so bad it's good i haven't seen nope yet but i heard that's kind of sci-fi
2: it is um we actually did go to see it and it was a very different movie than I was expecting. I feel like at this point, though, Jordan Peele could probably make anything and I would watch it. Yeah. um, Because it was incredible. Um,
0: (laughs) He laughs because I don't
1: like Jordan. Yeah, he doesn't like him. (laughs)
2: um, Yeah, I'm a fangirl. I don't think he's ever going to meet what he did with Get Out. I think that Get Out was an incredible movie that came out at the right time. Um, But I think that as a director, he's really strong and he's seen enough genre films that he does something really different within these tropes that we're used to. Right. So I think that's why I fangirl over him.
0: So I I heard I did hear it was kind of like less of a horror movie, though.
2: It is less of a horror movie. I would genuinely put it... uh, personally, there's maybe two sequences that I'd really classify as horror because otherwise I would put it in like a solid sci-fi comedy.
1: That's what Um, I've heard, yeah.
2: Yeah, and it, (laughs) when I saw it, the best thing I could think is it would actually make a really good double feature with the movie Evolution that came back, it came out in like the early 2000s with David Duchovny. Yes,
0: yeah, Um, yeah. Because that's the only other
2: like sci-fi comedy I could think of and they would make a really good pair. Huh. So that's That's kind of where I landed on Nope.
0: I haven't seen that. One in a long time. Yeah. Mars Attacks is a sci fi comedy I Mars always Attacks think of too.
2: <laughs> um, they're my favorite aliens in any movie ever, the Mars Attacks aliens. Yeah. So I, all the love I have for xenomorphs Right. fair. Yeah. But the Mars Attacks. Nick's
0: aliens. a huge xenomorph fan. I mean, yeah. who is it? He's a huge. We, I asked Nick, well, somebody uh, tossed us a mailbag and asked us to rank our alien movies, and Nick put Prometheus above aliens.
2: Really? I love uh, you, Okay, I actually really enjoyed Prometheus, which I get a lot of shit for. <laughs> I because, love it. Because um, it, it- It's not well written Like the storyline For that movie Is kind of garbage It seems
0: all over the place It's
2: very all over the place That (laughs) said I think it's really fun I think it's really interesting Um, I don't know that I'd rank it above Aliens You monster Right
0: (laughs) 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 Nick has an interesting Take on flicks But I think I think that's what What makes this fun For both of us Is that we're We're the same But we're kind of Opposite too Yeah
2: And something that I It's funny because So last year When the festival came back We were looking for volunteers And I have this very um, close group of girlfriends, none of which really like horror. Um, I take that back. One of them likes horror. The rest of them are like, no, thank you, ma'am. And so we were looking for volunteers for the festival and I reached out to them. I'm like, listen, I know like Jamie is in because she's hardcore horror. Like she's going to do this with me. I'm like, but do any of you guys want to do it? And my friend Shayna was like, okay, I'm super not into horror, but I'm curious about volunteering. And so she volunteered last year and she's like, man, you guys are so diverse. She was like, but also, but for the type of movies you watch, y'all are so sweet and (laughs) nice. And I'm like, yeah, because we're all just nerds. Right. Because it's something that I think people don't consider when they say they don't like horror is really how vast of a genre it is. Because if you look at, you know, if you look at Westerns or romances or something like that, that's really it encompasses a very specific type of movie whereas when you're talking about horror the amount of subgenres the amount of things that can be horror adjacent the amount of things you can consider horror is such a broad umbrella
0: it re- it really really is cuz you could be watching a movie and i feel like anything that makes you feel uneasy could slightly be categorized really, as horror. Yeah, you know what, what I mean? Like, like raw? Oh my gosh. Because those are the things you know? that I,
2: you know, that's when I say horror adjacent, it's like maybe technically if you look on like IMDb, it's not going to be tagged as a horror movie, but sitting in your seat watching it, you just feel icky or right. uncomfortable. And, yeah. and, that, and that all falls under that umbrella for me.
0: For sure. And that was going to be my next question anyway, is like, you know, we all love it and we're all part of this huge community that... That all is all there for one goal, and that's to love these films. Like, and Nick and I don't really like lists. We have our favorites and whatever, so we don't really like to like pump out like top tens or anything like that. No. We did do a, a Halloween list before it anyway. <laughs> we yelled, we did it. We did do a uh, thirty thirty one days of Halloween list. We gave thirty one movies that you should watch during Halloween. So that was fun, but yeah. it wasn't like. A certain rank, one above the yeah. other. It was just like, no, was just like he, shit he did, yeah, he did like 15, I did 16, yeah. and we just put, him, we didn't even put them in order. We were just like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. But so I was going to ask you if you had somebody that was slightly interested, but had never seen a horror movie, give me three movies, doesn't matter about the su- subgenre or anything, three movies you would introduce them to, to maybe push them that way.
2: Um, So the funny thing is, is I've actually done this a couple times now because apparently being a woman and being into horror, especially when I was younger, it just, there wasn't that much of it. Like I didn't have a lot of girlfriends that were into horror movies, but they liked me enough to watch some weird shit with me. (laughs) Um, So when I do it, I always put something like one of those kind of almost horror things on the table You're like starter stuff, you're Ghostbusters and Monster Club and those type of things. If it's somebody that really just hasn't seen anything monster related, I go that way. Um, if it's somebody that's willing to jump into the deep end with me, um, it's always Evil Dead, nice. um, Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals, which by the way, if I have friends that have like not seen it and I watch it with them and they don't run, then I will keep them <laughs> forever. And I'll explain that in a minute. Um, and then actually Hereditary now, and that's obviously a recent addition to my list, but I feel like it's a movie that... I I think it's an amazing horror movie, but I also think it's a movie that hits people in an emotional place that they don't necessarily consider horror being, um, which is why I really appreciate Ari Aster as much as I do. And ever since that came out, that's one that I'm like, okay, if you watch nothing else with me, watch this with me because it does come kind of from a different place. Um, Going back to Emmanuel and the Last Cannibal, um, that's a Joe D'Amato movie. It came out in the 70s. And it is for all intents and purposes, like 70s softcore porn mixed with a Fulci movie. Ooh. It's awesome. It's garbage. (laughs) And if I show it to somebody and they don't run in the other direction, then Then that means they're a keeper.
0: Right? (laughs) Yes. No doubt. Yeah, my first introduction to, to uh, foreign horror was Suspiria, and then I fell in love after that.
1: Yeah,
2: Argento is an amazing director. For sure. um, or opera is probably out there with me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know that I like new Argento as much, but that like period of Suspiria and Inferno and Opera, Deep Red, all of those are just such incredible movies. They really are, um, and really defining for a Giallo like subgenre.
0: Yeah, I love them. They're so good. I like Fulci too, because um, you can never have too much gore.
2: <laughs> that that's fair. I have um, the purse that I carry as a pin bag, and I have a pin of the Fulci zombie with the eye worms that oh, spin. Yes, that came out. Yeah,
0: Nick. Well, I mean, we're all fans of, of physical media here, and and Nick has the uh, the cover with the what is it, like a hologram, whatever, shows the splinter going the through. The splinter her eye. going through. Yeah, eye. <laughs> yeah that's so great. Good.
2: Because uh, like, almost every Fulci movie has such a good eye gouge scene. Right? And, it's so, yeah. and it's guaranteed to make people squirm.
0: Yeah, he's he's the king of... of he just loves the eye trauma for yeah, some reason. Because it makes
1: people... <laughs> <fly> <laughs> it really does. Them. Yeah,
0: like Brightburn. That scene in Brightburn.
2: Oh, yeah. <sighs> oh, with the glass. Yeah, she has to
0: pick the glass out of her. I, I, I loved that concept. It was like that if Superman was a bad guy. Brightburn, you know what I, mean? I yeah. wish
2: Brightburn had been pulled off a little better but conceptually i thought it was one of the most interesting things i'd seen in a long time because i mean we've been watching marvel movies for a decade now basically right. and none of those consider what happens if one of them really just goes off the deep end <laughs> right
1: so i'd Grey like Burn to see cool. like a wolverine horror movie <laughs>
0: That'd see, be that. i
2: want to see somebody out of left field like i don't yeah. want to see a scarlet witch horror movie or wolverine or anything like that like i want I, I don't know, Falcon to just get pissed.
0: And go off. <laughs> a Falcon horror movie. You yeah. heard it here first. There you go. Now, now you can, you can pitch the idea at the fest then. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. The
2: funny, the funny thing is we do have a pitch competition happening. Oh, so. there, see,
0: there you go. <laughs> She's going to be like Falcon horror movie. I'm gonna gonna like, like what? Somebody's going <laughs> to be like,
2: that's where it's at right
0: now. <laughs> right. It is too though. And, and I don't know. I not I feel like it's oversaturated with Star Wars and Marvel I'm I don't know I'm so
2: burnt yeah. on Star Wars and Marvel my husband I love is a
0: huge them, Star Wars
2: fan and he's like I'm over it
0: right? like that's I, I liked Obi-Wan though I did Obi-Wan I think Andor is gonna
1: be good too it I looks d- great
0: here's the thing is I was on the f- fence about that one and then I watched the trailer, the trailer and I'm like ooh yeah. okay maybe have me I think maybe.
2: that I think I'll take the Star Wars stuff that's coming out over Marvel right now the Marvel Same. stuff feels so played out right I now I love it Um <laughs> I, <laughs> I loved Multiverse of Madness, but I'm yeah. also a massive Sam Raimi. Right? Fan. Yeah, we, Sam Raimi could shit on a piece of paper, <laughs> and I would still watch You're like, it. This is the greatest. This is the best ever. thing you've ever written.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> it's definitely um, a Sam Raimi. Because
2: movie it was a Sam. Yeah, yeah, it was a Sam Raimi. They, movie
1: they, movie. Oh, through they Latin directors have a lot more freedom. Yeah,
0: they, I noticed freedom. that, and that I think it makes
2: for a much more interesting. WandaVision setup was Marvel great. Movie. I, I am a monster apparently because WandaVision did nothing for me. Really, I didn't like it at all. It was fine. It was incredibly well directed, and if they had like those first couple episodes where they did like the different—that's what I liked
0: about it. Then when when they got away, then when they got away with it, I'm like, oh, now they're just turning into a Marvel show. But now it's like
2: there's a point where it just becomes another Marvel movie that I didn't really get on with, but I know that everybody really
0: adored it. That's why I didn't care for Eternals because at first I'm like, oh, here's some people that we don't know, so and it's kind of like moving at a different pace than a Marvel movie, so I'm kind of digging it. And then the last half they're like, quick, make it a Marvel movie, and then I'm like, oh shit, never mind we have to kick Night, it out if there's
1: not a big <laughs> moon knight was really good i haven't watched it was really no. good and then uh she hulk is this week oh that's right she
2: hulk i'm excited to watch looks, you? i am it, it looks the good. cgi
1: be, looks so bad it's like a lawyer comedy no it doesn't no, uh, I, don't uh, know. I don't know she not looks now. a little i'm
2: on board because it's different yeah. it, it, it could be completely stupid and if it's not your same like marvel format i'm there
0: we just we just did uh we just did Doctor Strange a few uh, episodes ago. Yeah. That was a fun one to talk about because, like you said, it's just it's, it's Rami through rainy and through. Movie. And if and if you don't if you're not a fan of him, then you didn't catch a lot of the stuff that we but caught. You know, so what I mean? many things, so many if little you've things.
2: Watched, you know, the Evil Dead movies. Mm-hmm. If you've watched Drag Me to Hell, those, kinds those of are things. Those were the
0: two that really stuck out. Yeah. Like
2: it, the it's very much there. Um, yeah. And of course, Bruce Campbell's cameo. Yes, I love <laughs> him <forever>.
0: so, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Are, aren't they doing a at somebody's streaming service or something's bringing back Evil Dead, or is it a new movie or something? Uh-huh. It's like Evil uh, Dead Rise or something like I that? I believe...
2: It, I was going to say, it's Evil Dead Rise, and I believe it's a new movie. And I know that Sam Raimi's at least signed on as a producer. I believe Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell both are. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. in which, to be fair, I'm actually not opposed, because Ash vs. the Evil Dead was really fun. Like, that series was really fun. And I actually have a soft spot for the Evil Dead remake as well. Me too. Because... They didn't rehash the same shit, but it's still very much an Evil Dead movie. And the level of just blood and right. guts and I know in that movie that. were incredible. I know, and I have
0: a lot of friends that are that are against a lot of remakes because they're all about like, you know, the OGs, whether it's the seventies or eighties or whatever, but like the, like you said, the Evil Dead, that's what I loved about it, is that like it took that concept of the Evil Dead, but made it different like kind of put it in a different world and it just it worked it was fun and it was like you said it was brutal
2: it was brutal and I have I it's a remake versus reimagining thing for me because I sort of hate remakes that literally just go back and take the story that's already there and update it with like new effects and stuff We've seen it. We love the original. I'm not a huge fan of just redoing it. But oh, taking something conceptually, whether it's a killer, whether it's a universe, and turning it into something different that still fits within that um, set of movies, that I think is a really cool thing to do. Right. Um, and, and I think that's why when I see something... When I see something advertised as a remake, I'm less likely to give it a chance. I'm absolutely that person. But when I see something... Um, Build as like a reimagining. I'm like that could be cool. Right. Um. And my my perfect example always is the the horror movie that I think is probably the most garbage movie ever is the Psycho remake. Uh, um, oh, with um, Vince the Gus Van Sant with Vince Vaughn. Um, because it's just a shot for shot remake of what's an incredibly iconic movie with super incredible. absolutely nothing changed about right. it. Yeah. And that's where I feel like a lot of horror movie remakes fall for. Yeah, me. right.
0: Yeah, because if you're going to remake something, make it your own. That's the way I feel. Yeah, make it different.
2: Like, there's there's stories to be told in these universes. Obviously, you know, with the Evil Dead stuff as an example, there's stories to be told that still, you know, work with the stories that already exist without just rehashing them. Right. Right.
0: So Hills Have Eyes. Did you you like that one?
2: I love the Hills Have Eyes remake and the original. Me too. So (laughs) I do (laughs) think that I have a softer spot for the early 2000s remakes than I do for the stuff coming out more recently. Which
0: is crazy to me, because I feel like when Scream came out, obviously, like, the slashers kind of died out, like, after the late 80s, early 90s, and then Scream picked it back up and, like, reinvented the wheel. And then I feel like after that, everybody started trying to do it. Like, I know she did last summer, Cherry Falls, and it's like... I actually love Cherry Falls, though. Me too.
2: Um, Because I think that was one of the only ones that came out. Like, because you always, if something hits really big, you always have that set of copycats that comes after. And Cherry Falls was one of the only ones that I thought at least did something interesting with it. Um, So I think that that one still holds up. But I actually personally hate I Know What You Did Last Summer (laughs) because I had seen Scream (laughs) that I watched I Know What You Did Last Summer. And you're like, like, well, why?
0: Right. (laughs) Well, everybody in that movie were, you know, Really big for that time. They, I well, think absolutely. A lot of why, yeah. You're
2: talking about like Freddie Prince Jr. when he came off of She's All That, yeah, and, and you're yeah. talking yeah. Sir you Michelle
0: Gellar after Buffy, like. and also
2: you know the same set of people that went over to do like Scooby Doo right. when oh, yeah. Jacksund yeah. right. did Scooby Doo. Yeah. You know, a yeah. couple of years down the line.
0: So, oh man, Scooby
1: Doo!
2: <laughs> Scooby Doo was one that I know a lot of my friends when we were younger when it first came out was like kind of an entryway, like a that gateway would order. be
1: really cool if they did a live action rated R Scooby Doo. I
0: know I read somewhere the other day that somebody was thinking about doing it. I think it might have been Gunn that said he wanted to. do I would be,
1: be fine fucking with that. Awesome. Awesome.
0: I'm pretty sure. So I'd fun. have to I'd have to recheck my <laughs> sources, but I'm pretty sure I saw something about that. That would I am awesome. I
2: am a hundred percent of the time for taking like a kid's property and turn it into a fucked yeah. up horror movie like that like,
0: Winnie the Pooh one coming the out, the Pooh one coming <laughs> out I think yeah that, that looks fucking- it's, it's funny I was I was like, before they even announced that, I was at Country Fair and I was wearing the Shaggy's House of Horrors hoodie. And the guy at the counter was like, Hey, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, Really? I'm like, That's weird. Nobody listens to our podcast. <laughs> and uh, and he was like, Oh, man, did you hear about it? He's like, Dude, there's going to be a Winnie the Pooh horror movie. I'm like, You're full of fucking shit, dude. And literally, like, a week later, I'm like, Holy shit. And it was shit, everywhere. As soon I as that came
2: out, everybody was like, Are you kidding I thought me? it was I one
0: of those, like, it was you so know, fun. I think it was, I thought it was one of those, like, fake things where it's like, No. Like a nope. meme, basically. Right.
2: No. And it's, I don't know. I think it could be a blast, and I think it's really funny when people do stuff like that. Yeah,
1: I think it's going to be fun. Yeah.
0: So Nick and I went to the Erie Horror Fest last year. We saw uh, John's film *Unearth*. We sat through the uh, Q&A and then met everybody afterwards. They're super sweet and awesome. And you mentioned Sherry Falls and uh, Michael Bean was in that. Did you get a chance to meet him when he was here? I
2: did. Yeah, um, yeah he was a lovely person. It was funny because um, we had David Naughton and we had Michael Bean. And I only got to interact with Michael a little bit. But um, David, our director of operations, he is a hardcore um, Aliens fan and he was like fangirling <laughs> over Michael Bean. Right. So he got to be on stage and do the Q&A with him and everything oh, wow. like that. And he was very excited. Um, but yeah, he was absolutely lovely, which is my favorite thing because I have met enough people over the years that you, have you know, if you've met celebrities, some of them are like meh and some of them are just really sweet, awesome people. Right. And both the guys, like both of the big ones that we had last year were just the nicest people. And then obviously the cast of Unearth were right.
0: Happy. Oh, they're, they're okay. great.
2: Yeah, um, be, because I so I did the Q and A with David Naughton last year, um, and it got dropped in my lap. We had somebody else entirely lined up to do the Q and A with David Naughton, and the day before, the person that was supposed to do it um, dropped out, and so John came to all of us and was like, "Okay, who can do q and A Q&A the next day?" And I was like, "Well, if nobody else has the capacity, I guess I could do." It. I love American Werewolf. I love David Naughton. Right. I was like, I guess I can. So like the before the fest closed that night, John was like, okay, I'm going to need you to write some Q&A questions because you're going to go on stage tomorrow and interview David Naughton.
0: How nervous were you?
2: Uh, <laughs> I remember none of this. So I swear on really? my life that I... I swear to God, I wasn't drunk. I wasn't high. I wasn't anything. I just blacked out because I was terrified. So I went home. I wrote a bunch of questions. I brought them back and, you know, hand them to John and David. And I was like, okay, tell me if these are good. Like, let me know. Um, because I've never done, I had never done an interview in my life, not to that capacity. And I'd certainly never sat on the stage in front of a few hundred people and done an <laughs> right. interview. Um, because I'm not particularly comfortable being in front of people. So they were like, well, how about we have you take uh, David Naughton out to dinner before you do the Q&A? I'm like would you take, you Is take him? Is that a real question? <laughs> we literally just walked over to Jekyll and Hyde's. Oh, there was, you go. Like,
0: nice. On the corner. had well, we like, good food. So. We yeah. got like
2: barbecue nuts, nachos and like bullshit at a table. That's awesome. Um, which was surreal. Like that just doesn't happen. It's not something, you know, not that he's necessarily this huge A-list celebrity now, but you don't meet these people that you just think are amazing and you idolize and be like, Hey, let's go get some nachos. (laughs)
0: right?
2: (laughs) Um, So that's what, you know, went out to dinner and did the Q and A and that's like the Q and A. I got really positive feedback on nice. and I remember none of that's
0: it. That's good because I, <laughs> I've i always thought about that too. I'm like, if I was ever selected for one of those, like I'd want to try to be different because these people get interviewed all the time. So was so, that a lot of pressure for you to like try to like ask a question that maybe was a little more out of left field than a it, normal, like, how is this scene? How is that? So
2: it was a ton of pressure for one because I that's exactly it. what I didn't want to do because you're talking about people that have been interviewed a thousand times right, and right. they've been asked all the same questions. So I tried really hard to come up with questions that were different And the one that I almost got vetoed on it. I had one question at the end of the list and I was like, if I have time, can I ask this question? And they were like, eh, 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 sure, fine. Mm -hmm. Because David Naughton did like the pilot for a TV show in the late 70s, I believe it was. Late 70s, early 80s. And he also sang the theme song for it, which is like a disco song. Get out. And I just like had that knowledge knocking around in my brain from watching like special features on American Wear, wolf it had been mentioned <laughs> somewhere so our av person i was like yo if i find this song like on spotify can you cue it up and when i like you know give you the trigger or whatever can you start this at the end of the interview uh-huh. so at the very end of the interview i was like okay before i let you go i have one more question to ask <laughs> you i was like if i remember correctly you did a tv show and a song and whatever." So our AV person had it queued up and let it play, and um, the, the audience that was in the playhouse lost it. They laughed so hard. That is awesome. And he sang along to, like, the end of the verse that we let play, and it <laughs> went over really well. Right. Um, but it was a shot in the dark. I had no idea whether it would work, but he also said that it wasn't something he had been asked about hardly at all. Right. So that was my, like crowning achievement for the <laughs> night that's embarrassing him on stage.
0: Well, that has to be the best job, too, what you guys do, because not only are we fans of these people, and like you said, they're not, like, A-list celebrities, but to us yeah. they are. So we they put are. them on it's this certain, like, pedestal, you yes. know, we, we put them on this high, you know, high rise. Yeah. And even if it's just Kane Hodder, Daniel Harris or what have you. So and then you said you started the um, you started helping out the Horror Fest like way back in the day.
2: Yeah. So the, the way that I got involved in the Horror Fest is actually pretty random. Um, so our director of operations, David, um, lives next door to me to this day. And when I was a senior in high school, he him and his um, wife at the time moved in. And my mom had gone outside for something and saw their car and they had a bunch of horror bumper stickers (laughs) and stuff on their car. And my mom, being the sweet, lovely person that she is that's never watched a horror movie in her whole freaking life, (laughs) saw all the bumper stickers and was like, my daughter would love you. (laughs) And so she, you know, mentioned it to me. I introduced myself and became very fast friends with him and their kids and everything and very shortly after that, he was like, hey, I'm involved in this thing. And it was the Erie Horror Fest. He's like, would you be interested in volunteering? And my like 19-year-old spazzy self was like, <laughs> I will volunteer as tribute. I will do right. whatever you want me to do. <laughs> Tell me where to be and what to do. And so I did that for a couple of years. And then obviously the fed, there was a break in the fest where it didn't happen for a couple of years. And last year... Um, we were just like standing in the backyard BSing and he was like, Hey, there's a possibility that the fest is going to come back. If we do this, you want to be involved. And I, again, was like, yes, I do. Like I'll do anything you want me to tell me, you know? And so now I'm involved obviously in a much more, you know, I'm a whole responsible functioning adult now. So as opposed to when I was volunteering back in the day. But the the fest really just kind of fell in my lap. It was very serendipitous because if they hadn't moved in next door, I, I would have never, you know, I maybe would have gone you know, gotten tickets or something like that, but I right. never would have known to get involved in it. And isn't
0: it crazy to still be a part of it it's to this day? Insane. You know what I mean? That's gotta be it's surreal. Yeah. It,
2: when he even mentioned it, cause I never thought it was going to come back. I just didn't think like it had its run and it did really well. And I just didn't really think that it was going to be a thing that happened again. Right. Um. You know, especially not in 2021, right after, you know, like things started happened. opening <laughs> up and I was like, there is no yeah. freaking way that we're going to be able to do this. Right. Um. But I was excited at the chance to make it happen again because everybody that's involved now are really fangirls, all of us. We, We love the genre and we love the prospect of bringing this to Eerie again. And and it's just different. There's so much that goes on in Erie, but not necessarily any type of genre stuff that goes on in right. Erie. And there are plenty of horror nerds around here.
0: And that was going to be my question. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know too many around here. I feel like I'm, like, in my own little corner. So it's cool to, like, yeah. talk to people yeah. like you. because, And I'm sure they're everywhere, but I, I guess they're just not, like, out there like we well, are, like, pushing right. the physical media, pushing the conventions. Yeah, like They're all that's... sitting
1: now and watching movies. <laughs> <They
0: are. laughs> right.
2: And you kind of forget... Being being part of the fest, you know, back when it was going on and being part of the fest again now, you're you're in this venue for days with people in and out that just love this genre. And right. you sort of don't realize how big of a fan base there is, even locally, until you're just watching the amount of people in and out and excited and talking yeah. about it. Um, And, and, you know, watching the amount of engagement on social media and things like that, people just being psyched because there's not a lot of people. I mean, like, Eerie's really good at pearl clutching and getting upset about things. Always. um, You know, a horror film festival obviously is not all that, you know, subversive, but it's still a genre that gets, you know, gets shit on sometimes. It does. And so I think that some people aren't as just like balls to the wall loud about the fact that they love horror. And so to be in it and immersed in it all the time and talking to people about it all the time, it starts to become really clear how big of a base there actually is. Right.
0: It brings everybody kind of out of the woodwork. And, and, you know, it's a big community thing, like it, like we always talk about, like it's it's in our backyard. So why not go? You know what I mean? Like right. there's a few that aren't far away, wasteland and stuff like that. But yeah, right. To have it right but here. Yeah, when it's, when it's just you know, so five
2: minutes from yeah, the it's, a, house it's a no can,
0: brainer. Yes. And that's the thing too, I was just going to bring up is like, you know, you will have those people that just want to complain just to complain and complain about this and that and the prices and whatnot. And like, I saw one person hop on there and just slamming prices and I was looking at like, I know you guys had like the pre-sale yeah. and then you came out with the chart that just shows everything, the, the daily and everything like that. And I looked at all, at, at the whole thing and I'm just like, this is a killer deal regardless of which route you want to take. Well, so it's like.
2: I, I think. And and again, it comes back to I think that idea of sticker shock. There is always going to be somebody that thinks things are too expensive. But realistically, the amount of love and effort and time and energy that's going into making this thing, we know we know what you know Erie looks like, and we know what Erie wages look like, and things like that. And we don't want to price anybody out of it. We want every single person. That loves horror to be at this thing, right? And so I think that there's always going to be somebody that's going to complain, but realistically, when we set these prices and we put it all out there, we did it with the intention that anybody that wants to be there can be
0: there, right? Yeah. So with that, uh, do you want to give us a rundown of like different avenues people can take as far as like daily prices and then like the VIP and all that. If you want to run through that so, real quick,
2: of course I don't have it memorized, right? So, <laughs> so the best. If, so first of all all say, if you're not sure um, what route you want to go and you do want like the most information, um, follow us on the different socials. Facebook has all the information out there. The tickets are available on Erie Events. Um, our day passes are going to be 25 a day. Okay. Um, and then our pre-sale, and I'm so sorry because I did not have these memorized. Okay. But <laughs> our pre-sale stuff is right around 130 I believe, for the weekend. And that right, includes
0: yeah. everything. everything. And, and that's the price I was looking at to where I'm like, wait 130 for everything like you get all four days and then and we're
2: talking nosferatu we're talking the kickoff party and the merch and the things these are all things that we've put a lot of effort into and we wanted to create like do we know that that's a chunk of money absolutely it's we're aware of that but we wanted to create a package that was worth it with the the T-shirts and the posters and the movies and the meet and greets and things right. like that.
0: Yeah. Well, and that, and that's what I noticed too. And correct me if I'm wrong, but did it say with that with the the highest tiered package, which is the one thirty, I think you said? Um, did I'm pretty sure it said that you could get an autograph from every single guest there by having that.
2: Yeah. Package. That's so that's a crazy I, good deal. That's exactly. You know what I mean? There was if there's anybody that thinks that we didn't put an absolutely ridiculous amount of time and effort into they're
0: just bitching for the sake of bitching,
2: breaking down these prices (laughs) truly they're bitching for the you know sake of bitching right so the all yeah so the all access pass the premium pass it's 132 and that's your nosferatu Seat like that's your assigned seat for Nosferatu, and that's going to be the live playing of or the playing of Nosferatu with the live Wurlitzer organ because the Wurlitzer just got put back in in these past couple months. and I heard
0: it's like Bluetooth enabled too, it is, it's crazy, crazy. freaking insane! So, and yeah, <laughs> it is wild.
2: And we have so we have an organist, like a philharmonic organist, coming in to play that score for Whoa. us during yeah, it. That's yeah. insane. Um. Uh, which obviously is going to be, the, it's cool. It's different. Maybe it won't appeal to everybody, but it's something that we just thought was so fun and right. interesting that we're really psyched to see that so you said it
0: reserves you a seat Um, what's the capacity of that room completely do you know
2: Um, it's a little over 2000 Because that's the only night that the balcony is going to be open as well as for Nosferatu Um, because as a rule during the film blocks you've got people in and out so we don't really anticipate for the remainder of it that we would need the balcony Um, and that space is kind of utilized differently but for Nosferatu we want the whole place to be open and for Mm -hmm. everybody to be able to kind of sit where it'll be cool for them to watch
0: that's gonna be that's that i mean that's gonna be amazing i mean that film's almost 100 years old now is it?
2: that's what it's for the 100th year anniversary (sighs)
1: that's gonna be cool
0: Um, yeah and it's a silent film which is like ridiculous uh, i mean oh gosh it's just so awesome it's just gonna
2: be something really cool and we were excited to do the partnership with the philharmonic um because again it's different it's not something we've done in the past so and they probably
0: jumped on it huh (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's that's great something very different in the lineup right. um but yeah so overall the, the all access pass is the Nosferatu event ticket the opening night party ticket um and that includes like one drink ticket and then there's more available um the Nosferatu special edition poster which if you follow us on socials you've probably seen it but it's the big red eye yeah poster oh that looks Mark great Mark created. did it yeah,
0: yeah that that's monster awesome. Mark
2: Kosobuki did and then it's all the days of the fest like two through four and then it's also a signal or photo op from every single celebrity, which, guest which is we
0: like have. that. That in itself is like worth and it because any of those are probably like what fifty to eighty, right. like and that's Depending, the thing.
2: even your like even your lower tier. Celebrities, you're still talking on the low end. You're thirty, 40 dollars right. an autograph, and it, with the all access pass, you can roll in there and you can get a picture or autograph from every single one of Which them. Which is so, amazing. and that includes anybody that we haven't gotten to announce yet. Right. Like it's obviously, oh, every, I know. Good. I'm sorry.
0: I, w- I wanted us to be the first My to break it. This is a one year anniversary. Come on, Karis, <laughs> give it My to us. My hands are tied. Breaking news. Yeah, I, I, I want to
2: be able to be festival manager. Your next year. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, all right. That's that, yeah, we
0: want to be able to have you on when, <laughs> when we're doing our 70th episode. Yeah, so, yeah. so don't
2: don't get me in all trouble. Right, fine,
0: fair. But, fair.
2: <laughs> but that's why I, when people are looking at the all access pass, we hope that they see the value because of that because you're not spending extra to get an autograph from these people or a picture with these people. You're not spending extra to get your poster or things like that. And and you know if you're not interested in that? then the day pass is $25. And if there's one right. person you want to meet and there's one movie you want to see, then please, by all means, roll in for a day, tell us all hi, get your right. stuff and be done with it. And, and that's yeah. totally okay.
0: And that's why I was going to ask too. Like, I remember last year, I think it was like Michael Bean was a Wednesday and David Naughton was a Thursday or Friday or whatever. They weren't there the whole entire weekend. Is every guest going to be there the whole entire weekend yeah, this time? Yeah, so every okay.
2: guest is going to be there the whole entire weekend. Okay. um, mm-hmm. So that includes right now, um, Toby Poser and... Of course, I'm gonna forget her name, but it's the Adams family that do Wonder Wheel Productions. They did the Deeper You Dig and Hellbender, which are both on Shutter right now.
0: Yeah, I tried um, buying Hellbender, but I'm like one of those because um, I saw that they're gonna yeah. be there, and I'm like, I want to check this out because I've heard good things. But I'm like one of those stickler, like I only get Blu-ray, like my yeah. whole collection is only Blu-ray. Yeah. I, I refuse to do DVD. I, I mean, it's just it's dumb of me, I think, but it's just the way I like doing things. They and I tried to find it, it on, on Blue, and they only have it, on and they DVD. only have it on DVD. So I'm like, fuck. I'm like, no, nah, I'm gonna just now. Nah, have to buy it but um and i heard maybe
2: maybe you'll get lucky and they'll have blu-ray copies so that's, like with them
0: right so, so that's the uh that's the family that filmed this one that together that is the family okay. that
2: filmed this one yeah. together that's um crazy. and they are our keynote speakers they're going to be there for the festival um but we they were just really excited to be involved in it and obviously Hellbender hit really big last year when it dropped on shutter um it's a, obviously it's a smaller film it's an independent production but right. it's literally just them and their two daughters that do this what and the amount that they can create and the type of movies they can create with just them I think is insane and <laughs> I know for me and this sounds really nerdy but everybody wants to meet the big celebrities and I'm like man I just want to sit with these guys and pick their brains right? you know because I think that's <clears throat> fascinating what? and the fact that like their daughters are involved in everything like but that. this
0: is a whole family it's, affair yeah huh? it is that's, Um, and that's I think fun. they'll
2: be really interesting to hear
0: so what's so. the uh plot synopsis of that film if you want to just without giving anything away yeah um
2: of hellbender yeah the plot synopsis is it is a mom and her daughter and the daughter the daughter is very isolated and then finds out a family secret that kind of upends everything um it is again it is a lower budget couple location movie but the tension that they pull off and the effects that they pull off um there was a couple points in that movie that even I squirmed and I have seen some shit. Yeah. Yes, you have. (laughs) Yes,
0: you have. I think we, all three of us have. Yeah.
2: So, um, but yeah, and that's, that's the best thing I can say as far as plot wise without giving it away, but it's a very cool movie. It's available to stream on shutter. Um, and you know, if you haven't watched it and you're interested in meeting or talking to these guys, I highly recommend giving it a watch because it's definitely worth it. where are they from? They are from Ohio, if okay. I remember correctly. Oh, like not too far then. Yeah, yeah, they're close. Huh. Um, and they are coming in to be our keynotes and be around for the festival. And it's going to be cool.
0: That's so, awesome.
2: But yeah, everybody that we've announced as far and as well as anybody that we haven't yet announced, all going to be there all four days. So nice. if there's somebody that you know, that you want to get there, but you don't have a whole weekend. You can't do the all access. You should still be able to meet those guys. If you only come for a
0: day. That's awesome. So what, what are the, I know, I know the days, obviously for everybody listening, it's October 5th through the 8th, the the day after my birthday is when it kicks off actually. And, um, So, so we have those four days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What are the times? Like, what's the earliest so it starts?
2: Wednesday and Thursday are shorter days. Wednesday is completely um, around the Nosferatu event. So the okay. kickoff party and Nosferatu um, showing is going to be Wednesday night. Okay. And that is from, I believe it's from 6 to 10 on Wednesday night. Then on Thursday, the vendor room and films open at 3 and they go until midnight. Nice. Um, and then Friday and Saturday, we open at 10 and we go till 2 AM wow so really the, that late yeah we always have in the past we always had a midnight showing of films um last year it was we possession
0: and Titan. was it um possession i don't
2: think we showed
0: possession last
2: year no we showed that a couple years ago oh, like at one of the old ones but i don't believe we showed possession last year we did mm-hmm. show titane. I, lo- yeah. titane I loved it
0: we, we we watched it uh before w- wasteland that year yeah, uh, all of us as a group the if, there's, if there's a horror movie that comes out that weekend like that thursday we'll all get together and go see it and that's what we saw yeah i love that movie um,
2: yeah i bought titane as soon as it came oh, out me too I it was so what do you
0: so what is the name of that is it titane, titane Titan-, Titan? i
2: yeah. don't know i have i, know. Know.
0: I feel t- like t- t- americans say Titan, but it's not yeah. I, I, I heard Titan at one point
2: Teton was the one that i've heard the most when i listen to like international film reviews right so i'm wondering if maybe that's like closer and we're just clubs and haven't gotten it
1: right, <laughs> yeah, right? It's, it all depends on what country you. Like. i guess so <laughs> I mean, it, the Q and A's
0: with her. I'd want to pick her brain Julia all day. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. Just the way she looks at stuff and, and how she puts her it on herself Her perspective the film on the world is, is just ridiculous. Insane. I don't know which one I liked better. I don't know. I like Raw a lot. I don't know. I like them both. I can't I like decide. Them, I don't
2: think that they are comparable movies for no, me. No, like, they're totally different. Putting them side by side and comparing them doesn't work for me because they are vastly different movies. Super yeah. different. So, But that's why we have, that's why we always have that midnight to 2 a.m. block because that's when we show the shit that people, that you do not want your kids to be hanging <laughs> out with.
1: Right. Right. Not
2: that you want them to watch all of the rest of the films, but those are the right. ones that we hold that are really... Those yeah. are where you put your exploitation type things. Right. Those are where you Here, put your. Here's your shock type factor. Yeah, like, yeah. Those are really your shock value right. movies. And so we're excited that we get to have two blocks of those again this year.
0: That is awesome. So. well but What else was. I- oh, so you mentioned Hereditary as being one that you would bring into the fold for somebody that's, you know, never watched horror, or wants to get into it. And I couldn't agree more because I remember I saw it in the movie theater, and when it ended, I was like, For that year, I was like, "That is the best horror movie I've seen this year." A and then B, like just the tension and the atmosphere, and then the ending—just all of it was just perfect. Like I've I've never been more on the edge of my seat and more freaked out. Just I don't know, everything about that film was just like what you want a horror movie to be.
2: It had been a long time because I I, one of my favorite things still to this day is seeing horror movies in the theater with a big crowd, Um, because I think that it's such a, a cool way to get a gauge on just audience reaction and how well a movie is working. And I did see Hereditary in the theater. And my favorite moment in a very long time was when Tony Collette is up in the corner of the room and the camera slowly gets lighter and lighter and light. Like she becomes more visible and the theater was packed and you heard gasps all over the theater (laughs) as people started to see her at different times and were like, Oh shit. (laughs) Right. Um, and I, I think that that's, that is an experience that I haven't had like recreated in a long time. And, um, and hereditary did stuff like that in multiple parts of the movie.
1: It really did. And,
2: and I feel like, Elevated horror, quote unquote, really started maybe with The Witch when that came out with yes. Robert Eggers. Like that's yeah, I liked it a lot. A lot, lot. Point I did too. I'm fully indifferent about it. Really, uh, <laughs> I should love it. Um, I struggle with the Old English, if I'm being honest, and so I had a hard time when I initially watched it thematically. No, I think yeah, it's I get amazing. That. But I, I had you. a really hard time watching it. I got yeah. you.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, is like with newer <laughs> movies, I feel like, I don't know if it's me getting older, but I feel like I always <laughs> have to turn the subtitles on. I and that one on was, no a that was, a that was a big subtitle movie. That was a big subtitle
2: movie for me. I, I don't remember the last time I watched something without subtitles on. I turn them on every time. To be
0: fair. <laughs> every time. I
2: was still watching movies because um, I, I do have a, a daughter, a six-year-old daughter, and I was watching movies still when she was very, very young. And it's real hard to get dialogue when there's a baby, like, screaming. <laughs> Ching, and not want to take a nap right. so we just started putting the subtitles on and even just like re-watching movies i've seen before with subtitles i'm like well shit i never heard them say that yeah. like yeah,
1: that's yeah always it, something that you can It definitely yep. helps
0: yeah
2: so but that's a lot of like watching um the lighthouse too which is robert eggers i
0: was about to mention that was that. another that's yeah that was another one that, that might it. be my favorite that's my actually.
2: favorite robert eggers yeah. movie is the lighthouse because that thing is bonkers
0: I um, loved it. I also, yeah, both actors are really, really good in that, and he got yeah. a lot of shit for Twilight, but that's because Twilight's garbage. Horror yeah. like, Pattinson's is great. I, Cri- Kristen Stewart Pattinson
2: is an amazing actor, yeah. and Kristen Stewart's actually. I know an amazing they're both actress, really good. Um, to be fair, let me just throw away my horror cred for a minute. I <laughs> will fight for twilight till the day oh, i die
0: right. <laughs> uh, i kind of you know what's funny is i kind of knew that was coming yeah. i don't know yeah. why uh, i'm sorry yeah. to
1: judge you that way but. i
2: was the right age when yeah, twilight right. came out and the right gender you know right. to glom on um that said though i at this age, seeing Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart act in other things, there are moments that you can go back to in the Twilight movies that, they're, that it's like, oh, if that hadn't been garbage, you can see that they were really good right. actors. It was just yeah. written
0: um, poorly type because of Because
2: despite the fact that I'll defend Twilight, I absolutely think that they're garbage.
0: Right. Yeah. Um,
2: but they did seeing, get video, they had, I'll
0: give it credit, though. They did get darker as they went on. They got
2: better. And, like, they're not the worst.
0: And I worked uh, Blockbuster Video for seven years back then. And uh, they're, they were big when I worked there, right? Yeah. And and the girl I was dating at the time, she's like, I want to see him, and I'm like, fine, I'll rent them whatever. So like, we got up to I don't know what would it go Twilight, New Moon, eclipse. eclipse,
2: Breaking down Part One, Breaking down it's Part Two. Crazy that
0: I know all that. Okay. Um, I feel like that And then and then so after <laughs> so after Eclipse, we had broken up, and then Breaking down Part One and Two came out, and I'm like fuck now i gotta finish (laughs) it don't don't judge me (laughs) i i will say
2: that seeing breaking dawn part two in the theater was another one of the moments where i remember one of the most audible gasps because the end of breaking dawn part two when the fight scene happens um you know it was a it was a group of moms and teenagers but they were like oh some shit's going down
0: (laughs) i didn't care for the ending of that though wasn't it all just it, imagine all just it didn't happen maybe, yeah, but, yeah i hated that i hated that but because the, there's heads rolling and shit you're point, like this is fucking awesome yeah man. the point
2: where like heads got ripped off and things <laughs> like that <People laughs> like oh my god what did we sign up for right. but yeah they they pulled the it's all a dream ending and really yeah. kind of lost some credibility there
0: <laughs> well, all right so what's your favorite vampire movie since we're on that subject
2: my favorite vampire movie probably interview with the vampire okay that was the one that was probably the first vampire movie i saw and it's again Anne rice it's kind of romantic vampires before twilight right um but it's also a really good movie it even is. going back to it it's a really solid even
0: movie. Uh, kirsten dunst she's amazing in that it film and incredible. she's like 11 or 12 she's and so and guy. there's some scenes that kind of make you uneasy like if she's um, that young i don't know. Eh. <laughs> know yeah
2: i would have to say that and um fright night so okay, i'm a fair. really big fright night fan um i'm actually a fan of the remake of that one too as well right so. i don't think
0: i ever saw the remake and it's been a really long time since I saw the original.
2: It's fun. The remake of it, that's another one of those ones that they very much rolled with the premise. But enough of it is different. And okay. all of the actors are really good. And it, it's fun. I'll it's a popcorn movie. Out. It's a blast. And it's gory. So I was there for it.
0: And one of my favorites. But they really don't mention that they're vampires. Near Dark for me. is so Near Dark good. is
1: a really so good movie. Okay. Vampires. Yeah.
0: Well, you know what's funny about Near Dark <laughs> is that it's James Cameron's ex-wife yet it's like all the actors okay, that Cat he used Bigolo, yeah, right? yeah yeah yeah. but she used like everybody he's used Lance Hendrickson and Bill Paxton, Bill oh, that, Paxton. the bar scene with Bill Paxton yes. so good so good that movie's amazing how come nobody talks about that movie? Well, it was out of print for a while. So yeah. I was going to say, my... Near
2: Dark was really hard to get a hold of for a while there. Um, and then they did a Blu-ray release a couple years back, if I remember correctly. Um, and might, it have it, it like, might have been Studio
0: Canal, maybe? It might
2: have been Studio Canal. Because they were doing like the Studio Canal Plus or whatever yeah, it was, and they mine, were starting to release stuff that hadn't been out for a
0: while. And mine's originally, I think, German, but I turned it into English and then it's fine. Oh. So whatever. Sometimes you got to roll with the punch. Or, or you got to hope and pray that, A, you can turn it into English and B, that'll actually that play in your play player your you player. know that's what I, that's one thing about being uh social media uh you know well not social media physical media physical media, media physical media junkies is that like we take chances and we're not exactly v- sure you know right. what i mean because i'll be like oh man i can't find this movie and i'll look it up and i'm like oh shit they have my, it and then it's like region b you're like Fuck my it all, all
2: region dvd player oh you game have one i do i heard they're expensive i a pretty penny I for bet. it i've also had it for like mm-hmm. years now because i realized pretty early on that there was stuff that i could get on dvd from other countries that i couldn't get in the u.s right, so yeah. i finally invested a couple hundred dollars into a region free player so yeah. that i could buy you know region free you yeah, know right. other region stuff
0: and not have to worry and about not have it to yeah.
2: think about it yep
0: yeah because uh blood on satan's claw went out of print real quick really and i grabbed it it uh, horror realm the one year yeah. so I'm, i was lucky enough to get it and then he, i let him borrow it and nick fell in love with it and then i was like "Oops, sorry nick doesn't exist anymore <laughs> yeah. and then i found one on diabolic that was uh i, I forget what it's in it's some form one but you can put yeah. it in the in the it english and it, yeah. and it plays yeah. just fine so that's cool i have have you uh seen that full core box set have you did you get your hands on that one
2: i don't think so who, who put that oh, one out Oh man uh
0: seven 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 yeah. put it out yeah it's uh there's a three-hour documentary about full core on it's there so and good. then it's like 20 movies from like all over redone like ones that were yeah. never released mm-hmm. before a bunch of different foreign ones mm-hmm. uh eyes of fire i think was the first that disc on that there the great.
2: newer, like the more recent past couple years releasing companies that are putting shit out are amazing uh-huh. like i are. can't have fathomed 10 15 years ago being a horror fan and having access to the stuff that we do right now um and despite the fact that a lot of people are moving away from physical media i think that right now is a really cool time to be a physical media collector because of the additions of things that are coming out and because did. of the right. special features and things that are
1: being included. Yeah, they're putting more into it because they want people to buy it. They right. do. And, yeah. and
2: which is, I mean, I guess that's one of the few bright sides of supply and demand. Like if we're yeah. going to keep buying it, they're going to keep putting the effort in. Yeah. And being able to get a hold of those is something that just never happened when I first started collecting.
0: Right. And I'd hate to think, I'd hate to say that we're number one. But I feel like we the horror. I feel like the horror community uh, gravitates more towards physical media than anybody else does. I so so I feel like we're just slightly keeping it alive still. Because some people are like, "Oh, eventually it won't exist," and I'm like, I- "I'm pretty sure it still will." Like oh, I'm, I'm
2: pretty sure. Well, and the thing is, is there are there's something to be said. For me, part of it is just it's tactile. I can display these movies. I can. You know, I can put them on a shelf and I can pull one down and I can read it or see what this but and that for me has always been a thing. Um, but there's also something to be said as a horror fan for movies that drop on and off streaming and they'll be on one streaming service you have and then they'll go away and whatever. I can always pull a disc off my right. shelf and put it in and watch yeah. it and that's without my argu- anything extra.
0: Right. And that's my argument with a lot of my friends is they're like, oh, why do you collect so many movies are streaming this and streaming that? I'm like, listen, when it's fucking Halloween time and you want to watch the original Halloween and you can't because it's on nothing, guess what? I have it on 4K, Blu-ray, and in my collection, yep. so I have it
1: Three times and I can pop it in whenever yeah. I want Or you yeah. live out in the country you're like me and you can't stream anything. Because your internet's and shitty, your yeah. Internet's <laughs> <too> <laughs> garbage, yeah. Right. yeah. So
2: Right. so I actually have a question for you guys sure. because we're talking about physical media. What is your favorite release that you own of something at this point in time?
0: Ooh. Man. Hmm. You know,
2: uh, because I'll well, you think I know for me, um, it's still a DVD box set, but I had a hell of a time tracking it down. It's the guinea pig movie series from Japan. It is from the 1980s and it is um, Flower of Flesh and Blood is one of the guinea pig movies. And it's the movie that Charlie Sheen actually turned over to authorities because he thought it was a snuff film.
0: Wow. And
2: when buybacks was still a thing up on Beach Street, they had a copy of this box set and it was like $200, but you couldn't get it. Anywhere, and you couldn't find it for under three or four hundred on eBay at the time.
0: Wow! You better
2: believe I snagged it up, and I still have it to this day. So even though there's been so many more recent things, that is like the jewel of my collection.
0: Um, I'd have to say, I mean, that full core box sets up there because it yeah. was a pretty penny. It was almost two hundred. Yeah. Uh, but there's twenty movies in there, and then really, I'm, um, I've been a Jason fan my whole life. Yeah. So that 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 Jason box set that Shout Factory, Factory put out is yeah. so. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so good. They clean those up so nice. It's what about so you,
1: beautiful. Nick? I was going to say the same thing. Same thing? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have some favorites, though. I have, like, the, the Hellraiser Steelbook from Arrow that I yeah. absolutely love because I'm the biggest Hellraiser and fan ever. My, well, the first I, two, I, that's it. Infinity
1: War and Endgame Steelbooks. Yeah. I mean, i'm'
0: nice. I, I, like, I have a friend that only collects Steelbooks, and his Steelbook collection is freaking massive. And while I like them, I feel like it's just, like, Quick gimmick like I don't steel Steelbooks. Like, I
2: yeah. was gonna say steelbooks are actually what I have the least of. And um it's mostly because they're the ones I feel like hold up the least. They they always feel like they have the least special features. The packaging isn't not to say it's not special, like it is, obviously it's a steel book, but it feels like right. there's less effort put into the packaging yeah. sometimes because it's a steel book and right. they can get away with uh, it.
1: I really like that American werewolf in London uh the four arrow. arrow that you have. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Arrow,
2: Arrow, and Shout Factory—the amount of effort they put into their packaging it is insane. Yeah, and the original artwork that they have people do and stuff like that—I think it's really incredible.
0: Oh my gosh, the work that um, that what what were we talking about? American Werewolf? Yeah. American- oh, no. American- well, well, no. Shit. I guess Scream Factory. The work The work <laughs> that's... Well, well, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, just these companies in general. Like right. the, the work that Scream Factory put into the uncut version of My Bloody Valentine is mind-blowing because the original cut of that film, it plays like a freaking TV movie. Yeah. yeah so okay. when you watch that director's cut, you're like, holy shit. And it's like, it's so seamless. Just the, the transitions into the cut footage is like... It's like it was always there. Like, they did such a beautiful job with that. And I got to meet the director and the guy that played the miner uh, at Cinema Wasteland a few years ago, and they were both super, yeah. super nice. And it was before yeah. that cut came out, and that was another movie where it was, like, nowhere to be found forever. And then I was on eBay, and it was, like, 80 bucks, 90 bucks. I'm like, screw that. I'm like, somebody's about to
1: pump the it one? out eventually. So And that uh, that Dimogen set that I got. The
2: Dimogen set's beautiful. <laughs> I got it at Wasteland. Did you? In
1: April. It's awesome. I I've it. never seen them before, but they're fun.
2: The one that I was excited about that Shout Factory released a couple years ago now was the Director's Cut of Nightbreed. Um,
0: oh yes, we just I did it. That was yeah. the last episode, we just did it. Yep, yeah.
2: the Director's Cut of Nightbreed. The first time I saw Nightbreed was at the Horror Fest many years ago because when they first found the footage for the Director's Cut, They basically had taken the original cut of Nightbreed and this footage that, I mean, it looked like basement VHS footage, basically, (laughs) but they cut it in where it was supposed to go. And that version of it was doing the festival circuit basically to get funding to put it all back together and release it. And so when Scream Factory picked that up and released it, the print they released was beautiful. And they released it with like the booklet and the hard shell, yep. like case and everything like that. Um, and that was one prior to that. You just couldn't get your hands on. It didn't, it didn't exist anywhere.
0: So was the version going around the uh, convention circuit? Was that the Cabal Cut? Because That, that was, before- was the Cabal okay. Cut. Okay.
2: Yep. And um, because that was the year that um, we had Doug Bradley in for the fest um, and then a couple other, couple of the other actors that were in Nightbreed and we did the showing of the Nightbreed. I
0: barely recognize him in that movie. Like, (laughs) it took me a minute. I'm like, I see the cast. I'm like, where the fuck's Doug Bradley? And I'm like. Uh,
2: Because we all see Pinhead. Right, right. And the funny thing is, is like, Doug Bradley, Doug Bradley was the nicest, like, grandpa on the planet when when I met him, you know, many years ago. But I laughed because um, during COVID in 2020, Doug Bradley started a YouTube channel and all it was, was him sitting in an armchair reading horror books. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. yeah, So he did like Frankenstein. He did like a full read of Frankenstein and stuff like that. And I feel like just his voice is so iconic. It really is. Um, So yeah, I don't know.
0: And oh, Cronenberg's my favorite character in Nightbreed, though I love that <laughs> man. is
2: one of my favorite directors. I just um, bought Crimes
0: of the Future. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't so. watched it, so nothing <laughs> me, either. me either. I haven't watched it either. I'm excited so. to watch. It, I'm
2: excited to watch that one. What's me your too.
0: favorite Cronenberg movie? Oh my gosh, put me on the spot. I mean, yeah. um, man, the Videodrome and Scanners is such a toss-up, but the, I mean, while Brood isn't his best, it's fun, uh, and Crash is mind-blowing. I don't honestly. Yeah. I'd have to say scanners. Okay. I like scanners a lot. I was
1: say the same.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Crash is actually mine. I was very excited because Crash was another one that was really hard to get in Criterion. Just released yep. it. Yeah, and they do a beautiful and job too. And they do And,
0: and yeah.
1: that's
2: one I think that. Is maybe Criterion is the one I feel like doesn't get talked about as much with physical media collectors because they're not only horror, right? But the Criterion releases of the Cronenberg movies that have come out, Videodrome, Scanners, Crash—they've all three
0: incredible of them. Yeah, out. I got them at and Obel and like fifty percent off because I'm, I'm like, hell yeah! Now I'm grabbing all. Of them.
2: <laughs> when I go up there, I'm just trolling. I'm like, give me every horror right. movie when it's fifty yeah. percent off. Oh yeah. yeah,
0: and I think they find under the radar because they are kind of—they're exp- like forty bucks a disc, man. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, right. they're yeah. They're up there yeah. for sure. And
2: I mean, not to say that they're not worth it, but if I I can get it for 20. That's where I'm at. Yep. (laughs) Same.
0: Same. Yeah. If I can find them cheaper, I will do that. All day. Right. Well, we're out of time, but um, yeah, Caris, thank you sure. so much.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Go see Karis,
0: see us. We will be there as well. Okay. Horror Fest.
2: And also, if you are in town, come visit our table at Celebrate Erie. Oh, that's right. We're going to be doing free face painting. We're going to have all of our merch out. Um, Monster Mark Kosabuki is going to be um, doing live sculpting on uh, Friday and Saturday. So by all means, stop by and see us. We're going to do trivia, prizes, all kinds of stuff
0: so you heard it here first oh, yeah. everybody Erie Horror Fest at Celebrate Erie next weekend what Friday and Saturday
2: though? And Thursday Friday yeah. Thursday
0: Friday Saturday and then catch
2: I'm what? incorrect it's oh, okay sorry. Friday Saturday
1: Sunday
0: okay Celebrate yeah. Erie next weekend everybody Friday Saturday Sunday and don't forget you can catch all of us in the Idiotville team along with Karis and her team at the Warner Theater October 5th 6th 7th and 8th thank you so much yeah thank you guys and, for uh, we'll have to get you, we're definitely getting you on again yeah for <laughs> sure
2: we'll be happy to come back yeah
0: And that's it for the one year. So,
1: full two hour episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get it. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming. We out. Peace. (laughs) Peace.